Hey, don't push. What's the rush anyway? Just get in the van. Okay, I'm getting in. Just calm down. What's the deal? I want you to repeat what you just told me. What? Don't push? No, outside the general store. Say that again. That's what this is about? Yes. It was nothing. Then you shouldn't have a problem telling me again. There's nothing to say. Then just humor me. What the hell is going on? You said something outside the general store. I want to get it on tape. But why? Can you just trust me? I can, but I can trust you and still feel like you owe me an explanation for why you're acting so... So what? Look at you. Slow down for a second, all right? We've only been here a week, and I don't think I've seen you sleep more than an hour a night. I get enough sleep. Tabby, you have to slow down. I'm fine. Tabby. I said I'm fine. Okay. You're fine. I am. Can you please repeat for the recording what you told me just now? All right. I thought someone was following me in the store a few minutes ago. Can you elaborate? I went to Watkins, the uh, general store, if you're going to use this on the project, because we needed some stuff. Paper plates, Dunkaroos, water. Dunkaroos? Yeah, Ash won't stop eating them. Huh. Makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, we needed stuff, and this has happened a few times since we started here, but I want to be clear, it's just because this place is creepy. And people do keep watching us, not in a conspiracy kind of way. They're not up to anything. We're just out-of-towners who live in a van that we park out in the woods. So yeah, people are going to look at us when we go by and maybe follow us around the grocery store. It's not weird. But... I was in Watkins earlier, like I said, and I got this feeling, like when someone's watching you. Was someone watching you? No, that's the thing. It's early right now, probably like 7 a.m. I don't know. I left my watch somewhere in the Econa line and... It's 7.45. How do you know? I just do. You never wear a watch. I just know the time always, okay? Yeah, okay. It's 7.45 then. A.M., on a Tuesday. So no one's awake, besides Mr. Watkins himself. There was no one in the store, and he was definitely over near the toiletries unloading a shipment. I know this for a fact, because I kept hearing him. There's a lot of plastic packaging in that stuff, apparently, and Watkins isn't that big. So he's definitely 100%, without a doubt, on the other side of the store. And every time I stood up or walked towards a corner, I saw someone watching me. Did you see a person? What did they look like? No, I didn't see a person. Then what did you see? It was someone just staring at me. So, not a person? No, it had to be a person. But you just said it wasn't. I know what I said. Sorry, I'm just a little tense. I don't think I slept well last night. It's okay. Take your time. <clears throat> anyway. Sorry. It wasn't a person. I know that sounds weird, but honestly, I never got a good look. But you kept seeing this... entity. Don't call it that. What should I call it? I don't know. A person. 
You should call it a person. But you just said it wasn't. I know I'm not making sense, but it has to have been a person. There's nothing else it could be. Okay, I'm following you here. This is your encounter. <sighs> it's not. It's just the way these things are talked about. But it's not. Anything. Maybe it's not. Okay. Maybe it was nothing, but I have good reason to believe this could be another encounter. What makes you think this is an encounter? Ash and I have been doing some research. Without me? Yes. Like how we do research without her sometimes. Fair point. We came across another string of hauntings that were very... Well, they were similar to what you're describing. Okay. Okay what? Okay. Do you think I'm being haunted? I think it's a possibility we can't rule out. <laughs> sure. If you're not going to take this seriously... What do you want me to say? Thank you for saving me from the scary ghost that's been following me. No, thank you. Great, you have to start... Start believing in this? No, I'm not going to start believing in any of this. It's all fake. You know that. When you asked me to come along with you, you said you needed someone to help create a narrative, right? Well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm a story consultant on a horror show. I'm a writer for you all. I'm just trying to make sure the verifiable facts about your show... Our show. Fine. Our show. The verifiable facts about our show don't get us into trouble with people debunking the obvious stuff. You and Ash get to add your weird twist on everything, but I never agreed to feign belief in any of this. I'm not... I won't do that. That's not what I was saying. I don't need you to believe. Then what do you need? I need you to take this seriously. I am taking this seriously. I've been doing all this research. I mean, you've seen my notebook. That's not it, Gray. I need you to take this more seriously. The paranormal stuff. I know you don't believe in it, but that's what we're investigating. And Ash believes in it. Do you have any idea how much of an ass you come off to her by constantly shitting on her hard work? I'm not asking you to believe. I'm asking you not to be a fucking asshole when we try to talk about, or God forbid, record any of this stuff. I'm asking you to play along and stop this high and mighty, I'm too rational to give a shit thing you've been doing. I'm asking you to at least pretend you like being here or like any of us. I know things have been really hard since... You know. Please, let's not. I'm just saying you can talk about it. I'm good. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. Things are weird. Can we try again? Uh, yeah. We can. Thank you. It might be helpful if you listen to what we already started recording. Oh. You already started another episode? Just a draft. It's not really ready yet, and we'll probably re-record it anyway. Here, uh, let me find it. Here it is. Listen to this. It's the morning of November 9th. Ash and I are set up in the woods just outside of Half Moon. Today, we're recording our findings thus far of the entity we have named the Periphery. Ash, feel free to add any additional information you find relevant. You got it. Okay, so, two days ago, the Half Moon Chronicle published an article about the Gracie Stevens Memorial Psychiatric Wing of the Half Moon General Hospital. 
The piece described awards, the history of the hospital, apparently Oliver Sacks visited in the 70s, but through further research we found nothing to corroborate this. Besides a separate offhand reference to a visit from Dr. Sachs in another article from 1983, uh, the bulk of the article, however, focused on the titular Gracie Stevens. Miss Stevens was born in Half Moon in January 1942 to two loving parents. In her younger years, she could always be found out and about exploring the wilderness around Half Moon. According to her mother, she liked to spend time by the river with her friend, Mrs. Stevens never elaborated on who this friend was. If we're talking about Gracie's childhood, I have something to add. Oh, please, go ahead. I was able to track down her nephew. Wait, what? How? It wasn't that hard. I just had to ask around. But who? You know what? I don't want to know. That's probably smart. Anyway, he works at the hospital now, which is so ironic, right? I asked him about Gracie, especially that thing about her childhood friend who she hung out with by the river. And he said he had no idea who I was talking about. Well, he wasn't around when Gracie was a child. Yeah, duh. He wasn't personally there, but apparently the family history is suckier than the stuff in the article. Okay, then. Go on. Well, he said that Gracie was a super loner when she was a kid. He said no one in his family ever said anything about her having friends and that it sounds completely unlike the girl he was told about. He was like, she was such a loser. Nobody even liked her. Is that a direct quote? No, I'm paraphrasing. Got it. But this friend by the river is super suspicious. I wonder if they got that from another source. Maybe. Is that all? Yeah, I'm good. All right, so, mysterious friend notwithstanding, she was otherwise pretty unpopular at school. She eventually started hearing noises and complaining that people were following her. Her parents took these claims seriously, but they never found proof that anyone was stalking their daughter. So, they ignored it, chalking it up to a child's overactive imagination. But she never got over the feeling that someone was following her. This feeling grew and grew, until finally, she broke. One summer when she was 16, she was found trying to throw herself into the river to escape that horrible, horrible man, as she called him. She was so frantic at this point, and such a danger to herself and those around her, that they had no choice but to commit her to Half Moon General, which at the time did not have a dedicated psychiatric wing. They meant to keep her until she was stable enough to go about her life normally again. Unfortunately, this day never came. Three weeks after being admitted, she went missing, never to be seen again. Does the article say anything about Dr. Ravi? No. Who's that? He's the doctor that tried to help her. How did you find out about him? Her nephew mentioned him. Keep up, Winters. Sorry. What did he say about the doctor? He said that Dr. Ravi tried to help treat Gracie's condition, but she got increasingly fighty. He wrote down a lot of what she said for his own notes and for the family. That's amazing. Do you have the notes? No, he wouldn't let me see them. But he did paraphrase some of it. He said she rambled on and on about this person that was following her, that he was apparently in the hospital too, 
but the security cameras never found anything. She supposedly started screaming about things the medical staff were doing to her. Like, they would try to give her water or something, and she would freak and say, No! He wants me to have juice! And just flip when they put water in front of her. That's very strange. Yeah. And the weirdest part is the last thing Dr. Ravi heard her say. What was that? The night she disappeared, she was being put to bed and said, I think he's ready to take me with him. They kept the cameras on her and, according to the footage, she got up to go to the bathroom. But as soon as she got out of the frame, the next camera never saw her enter. It's like she just vanished when no one was watching. That's very similar to what this article has to say about it. It says that the Gracie Stevens Memorial Psychiatric Ward was built following this because the town demonstrated a consistent and immediate need for more robust mental health services. Is that everything you found? Everything so far. I still have a few leads I need to track down, but that's it for now. That's good. Let me know if you need to get in touch with her nephew again. I'm sure I can find him if you give me his information. Nah, I got it. We already have a good rapport. Okay, well, I'll ask you to reach out if I need to ask him... Wait, what do you mean a good rapport? (laughs) That sounded... unpleasant. For Gracie, absolutely. And you think that's happening to me? Why? After this recording, I had Ash ask Gracie's nephew a few more questions for me. Jason, her nephew, just reiterated some of the weirder parts of the story and mentioned this web blog that talks about Gracie. A blog? Yeah, technically it's a forum, but either way, Jason thought it was in poor taste. It's full of these people talking about paranormal conspiracies. There's this one user, Mrs. Beach or something, who wrote a whole post about this thing in her hometown that appeared in people's peripherals and chased them until it tormented them into killing themselves or until it took matters into its own hands. There was nothing specifically linking this to any incident in Half Moon except that two details stuck out. This user said that their hometown is between two rivers and that the victim in question had a psychiatric wing named after her. That can't be a coincidence. Okay. I'll bite then. What does this have to do with my encounter, or whatever you want to call it? Well, this user, Mrs. Beach, says it always starts slow like this. Apparently, Gracie wasn't the only victim. This user said there were dozens she could find evidence of from the past several decades. It always starts the same way. You keep seeing someone out of the corner of your eye. That's normal. People see things out of the corner of their eyes all the time. But you said it was the same shape, the same person. That's what's weird. Well, I have long hair. Maybe that's what I keep seeing. No, I don't buy that. Or what if someone really is following us? It's possible, but not in this case. Why are you so resistant to the simple rational explanations because of what you said in the general store that i think i keep seeing someone out of the corner of my eye no the thing you still haven't repeated on tape it was nothing gray no it wasn't it was i don't even know why i said it i didn't think it would freak you out it didn't trust me i'm not freaked out but i need you to say what you told me exactly I don't want to. Gray, please. 
<sighs> Fine. I'll say it. Thank you. But I want it on the record that this was just my imagination, okay? I didn't mean it. It's recorded. Now, what did you hear? When I was in the general store, I was walking around the corner and I thought I saw someone standing at the end of the aisle. Someone who suddenly vanished. I'd seen the same illusion or whatever four times now, so I was sure someone was following me. I went to confront the guy. I turned the corner and he wasn't there, but I saw the same flash again at the end of the next aisle. I kept following. Every corner I turned, he kept not being there, and I kept seeing another flash. I felt like I was getting closer until I got to the back, and I was sure I saw him, it, whatever the fuck, go into the back room where they keep all the inventory. The door was even swinging like someone had just run through there. So I walked in, without even thinking. And I get inside, and the room is small and dark. There was only the faintest light creeping in from the cracks in the door. I wasn't even paying attention, and then the door slammed shut. I turned to try to open it, but it was locked behind me. Thankfully, I had a lighter on me, so I used it to see a little better. The room was full of boxes, but it was small enough that, unless someone was really trying to hide, I would have seen them in there. There was no one. I called out and asked if anyone was there, and no one responded. It was just then I began to realize how backwards this all was. I just broke into the back room of this general store because I was chasing shadows. I let the lighter go out, and I turned to leave when I felt this breath against my neck. I turn around quickly because I thought I saw the damn shadow again, but there was nothing. It was dark, but I'm sure there was no one there, and then I can't explain it. I felt the breath again. It was warm, I think. Stale. I couldn't move. It sounded so clearly like breath, though. I could hear someone's voice in the breathing. I heard someone talk. Whisper right into my ear. What did it say? Don't follow me again. Please. Then what happened? I left. The door was unlocked, which was... It was locked before. And then I came and found you. Have you seen the periphery since? I'm sorry. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Okay. Chronicles is a Bad Address Media production. This episode was directed by Jack Bacall and produced by Isabella Van Ingen. The script was written by Kit Haddad and edited by Morgan York. Sound design is by Matt Regan. Featuring Isabella Van Ingen as Ash Moskowitz, Jack Bacall as Cameron Park, Kit Haddad as Grayson Price, and Morgan York as Tabby Winters. You can follow us on Twitter at Bad Address Media or donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash badaddressmedia.